right, Eric, what's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. How you been, man? Thanks, man. It's, it's great to be here. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I just, um, you know, there's a lot of self-reflection during this time, and I don't know how you're handling the pandemic and all, all the constant uh, news, negative news kind of like being thrown at you, right? Uh, especially as a creative. Absolutely. And um, yeah, man, I just, uh, for me, I'm always thinking about like, my friends and my colleagues, how we, as individuals, we stay creative in the industry and how we kind of, you know, keep busy and, you know, just kind of create and find, find that inspiration. And I guess what I'm trying to say is how do you find inspiration? How do you find that creativity during this time? Man? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it, through lots of different ways. I mean, I really love the sort of the downtime uh, in between projects and whatnot. Um, it sort of gives me time to recoup and, you know, restructure and work to build something new and then present, mm -hmm. you know, what I've been working on at the end of the process. It's of course. sort of funny that with the pandemic, you just, <laughs> you're not really sure when the hell we're going to present anything. So <laughs> you just, yeah, anything um, could really happen, right? Like you, you never know if you're getting, like for me, I'm, I'm getting like those calls where it's like, Hey, you want to do a shoot? And it's like, you know, you're on the fence. Cause it's like, ah, do I want, do I want that new variant or do I want that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that opportunity? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but I guess it's all about, uh, those challenges and how you can overcome them while keeping safe. Right. And being smart about them. Uh, that's a big thing. But for me, man, like I, I just getting out there and, and just, just scratching that itch. I find the best ways to be creative is, you know, I, I talk, talk about this all the time on my channel. Um, you know, I started a, those vlogs, those corner talk vlogs, and right. I started this podcast because not only are there great ways, it's therapeutic, you can talk about, you know, what's going on in your, your thoughts and, you know, your, your journey, uh, towards whatever creative ambition you're pursuing. It's right. also about, you know, catching up with friends. It's also about, you know, uh, scratching that itch and, uh, you know, just keeping, keeping the ball rolling really. Do you have any like specific things that you're doing, like staying creative, man? I mean, I always start with the writing. That's a big thing for me. Mm, okay, great. You know, spend a bit of time every day trying to, you know, write some script or tweak some script or, you know, at least get some sort of outlet yeah, through through the page at the moment, you know, like, because it's so hard to sort of package or know when you can shoot anything these days. It's I really find the best thing for me to do right now is to just sort of like keep cracking away on scripts, you know? Right. So that's, that's great. No, that's great that um, I always admire someone that, you know, takes up the courage to look at the blank page and write, you know, write that script. Because <laughs> you and I have talked about this before, about how hard it is. And, um, you it's know, it's a slow road. It's a slow road. And uh, sometimes we ask ourselves while we're writing, like, why do we even do this to ourselves? It's true. Um, are you writing a lot or like what? what are you I'm, yeah. So for me, so for me last year, um, I finished writing a, uh, I do these things, these feature length screenplays. They're right. kind of like passion projects. And I explained this to you where, and for our audience here, it, what it is is I'm trying to be a filmmaker and like more established and using um, the experiences I have on set and my contacts and co colleagues and just building my knowledge. Eventually I want to like tackle those projects, but because they're just kind of like, like that's why what they are passion projects. They're the kind of projects that I want to, I haven't decided yet. Like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just sell them. It's kind of mm -hmm. something that I still want to be attached to as a director. Right. So, but I, I'm aware that to get there, there's a lot more I need to put under my belt. Um, a lot more breadth of experience I need to have. Um, yet. So my point I'm trying to get at is 
I did write, um, finish writing a fourth feature length screenplay. I finished that off last year, last like summer. And I'm really happy about that because I've been putting it off uh, for a whole year. And I just hated, like it was just sitting there like 30 pages and I managed to complete another hundred pages. So I was just really happy about that. And um, a friend of mine, like another colleague where we're just like tackling some short film projects, um, you know, get the portfolio going, you know, just doing some script doctoring, like, you know, fixing yeah. certain scenes and stuff. And it's all a great exercise because it stimulates the mind, right? It gets, it gets the creative juices flowing. Um, I don't know about you, but there's sometimes when I have moments where I'm like, wow, like I'm still rusty. You know what I mean? Like I just gotta, I, I gotta shut off the rust sometimes, you know? Totally. But the only way to do it is to get back in. You know? <laughs> yeah, but you said such an interesting thing there. You know, you were talking about, you know, like, you know, goals and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's so like important to try and establish, you know, or at least a somewhat of a clear vision of where you want to be, hopefully when the pandemic situation comes to an end, you know? And if you can establish that for yourself and then yeah. work backwards to figure out tangible things to help get you towards where you want to be when this ends as much as possible, I think that's a great way to sort of keep your creative juices flowing and keep occupied and busy. You know what I mean? That's a very interesting point you just said, and I'm happy you said it is. And that's something I kind of argue with. I wouldn't say argue, I just kind of uh, strongly believe and defend the idea where, yes, we need to be safe and, you know, we got to, you know, be mindful of our families, you know, uh, you know, my situation and living at home, you know, it's not about you per se, but you know, the loved ones that you can infect. However, I'm always like preparing in the back of my head, what's going to happen. Cause I know eventually, inevitably, everything's just going to stop, right? This pandemic is just going to stop and things are just going to slot, uh, gradually move back to nor normal. And I need to be prepared or at least feel, at least have that feeling. I did the best I could. You know what I mean? I did, I did all that I could, right? It, it, instead of having that guilty feeling of, oh, I shouldn't have uh, binge watched Netflix for like two months. Because <laughs> it's tempting, man, to just wake up. You know me about my Star Wars. I get, I get into those Star Wars marathons. You know? I don't know the Star Wars marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I finished, uh, or I didn't finish. I'm still trying to finish uh, Rogue One. I had to split it up in two parts. Um, okay. Really, really loved it's it from a directing. Really loved it from a directing standpoint. I'm sure you can agree, man. Like a lot of the, a lot of interesting shots. Uh, like for point of view shots with the with the starships. Yeah, I like that movie, man. I think that's yeah. a good one. I yeah, like, it's like, like a war, war action movie, right? Like Saving Private Ryan in space kind of thing. Got the vibe for me. I guess the watching it in IMAX is what did it for me. Like I was glued. Like I was just my eyes were glued to the, the screen, and can't really get that same effect at home, but nevertheless, right? It's a good one. It's got, you know, it's got good character. I mean, the characters are okay, but like, I love where it sits in the timeline. I think that's mm -hmm. super cool. The way that they made that movie sort of yeah. in between three and four and it, you know, it's just a one-off. Like, you know, it's, it just sort of sits there. And I think that's, that's cool. Well, I absolutely love how they justified with an entire movie why you know, <laughs> the, the most lethal <laughs> weapon in the galaxy has, uh, you know, such a, a weak point. You know right. what I mean? That's basically what that movie is. It's just justifying, like, in case you watch the original and we're like, hey. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, it's just, like all the cool Jedi. Star Wars things are in it, like, exactly. that are not Jedi. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's like, right. Like, there, there's that amazing Star uh, Darth Vader scene um, where he just mm -hmm. unleashes, and then you realize, yo, this guy, this ain't 1977 Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like 2017 Darth Vader or whatever it is, you know, 2016. Yeah, we're not to get off topic with what we were discussing before, but like, it's just so mind boggling how, I guess it's just suspension of disbelief. 
you know what I mean? Like you just mm-hmm. kind of watch and accept like these were made in different eras and times. Because if you're watching it, right? Like from a narrative perspective, it's like you see Darth Vader just so energetic. So, you know, with that villainy. And then the, the fourth one, like he's still badass. It's just, you know, he's not like cutting up people and like throwing them around. And like, it's just not as violent. But again, you gotta, you gotta love it. For me, for me, yeah, that is. <laughs> anyway, man. but yeah, so uh, we were talking about creativity and we were talking about the importance of it. And um, I think I was discussing, uh, touching on a point where you said, um, you know, preparing and having a foundation, you know, when things, when things kind of get back to normal um, and you're doing all that you can, right? You're just, you said you're doing your writing and you're, I guess, connecting with, you know, people in the industry. Um, how's the writing going? I want to touch on that. Like, are, are you finding it more difficult because you're indoors? Like it's not as inspirational or as motivational kind of in between. Yeah, it's okay, man. I mean, it's definitely, I find it, I do find it more challenging, I would say, mm-hmm. um, just strictly based off the fact that I, ha- like you, you know, you always go, well, if only I had the time to write, mm-hmm. then I would write, you know, and then when you have the time to write, it's like, well, I don't want to write, like, that's, that's not, it feels like forever, and you can never seem to, like, you know, you sort of, you, you hold on ideas too long, you know what I mean? There's, I love writing with a deadline, like a lot, you know, because like, if you know, it has to be done by that day, you're, you know, your decision-making is sort of fluid and you have to make like sort of concise, you know, decisions, right. You make a decision and you move on. But when we have all this time, it's sort of like, you find yourself pondering on the simplest of decisions for way too long. You know, what about you? What's your writing like? Same concept is, um, I love that you just said that where, if you have a deadline or I wouldn't even say a firm deadline, something where you're just owing a friend or you kind of just uh, being accountable of one another. Cause let's be honest, where a lot of this is collaboration. Absolutely. You want to, you psychologically you just push yourself, you know, you're just always getting up. Um, I remember just before the end of last year, a buddy of mine, you know, he has not one, but two projects we want to film and just short film, nothing crazy, uh, five pages, whatever. But, he wanted me to have a look at them. And, you know, I said, I offered if I can, you know, touch up a few points and again, even just touching up those points, maybe if, if I didn't have a deadline, I probably would take me a little bit more time than necessary. But knowing that I had a friend that, you know, was entrusting me to do this and wants to collaborate it, it, you want to be professional as much as you can be. Right. And you want to just simply owe your friend back and say, Hey, like, I'm, I'm, you know, your time is just as precious as my time. So definitely um, I would encourage that, but I have to say with writing and something I kind of give advice to anyone is wake up in the morning. For, for me, I do it first thing in the morning um, around eight o'clock. And I just tell myself three pages. I tell myself three pages. I don't know what's going to come out in three pages. Could be good, bad, needs to be even deleted the next day. But when I, I, I notice when I write those three pages and I tell myself, that's it, you know, people will write until they're, they're done writing. I hate, I used to hate that because it worked for me. There were times when I would just write like 10 pages, but the days that I couldn't get 10 pages, I would be very hard on myself. Right. And you can also lead into a burnout and, you know, your ideas can get very constricted. So I find three pages, just a great, uh, way to just get your ideas across, um, get the ideas formulating, but you don't get to the point when you completely burn out and um put that because of that much pressure you put on yourself do you have like some some sort of like strategy you do or just kind of off the cuff like 
apply. I love that idea for sure. Yeah. The concept of having sort of giving yourself a daily quota mm-hmm. yeah. of pages, but like something manageable. I love that. I mean, I think that's great. So I sometimes with scripts, I go by week a little bit, you know, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, it, you know, it might be like, I need to get, you know, 20 pages done this week. So, you know, so whatever that math ends up being, you know, you do a little bit more one day, a little bit less on another. That's whatever. an important so, point. If you have a dude, yeah. If you have definitely a timeline, like for me, that's more like creative and just getting, getting inspired. I, I follow right. the three page principle, but, <laughs> but when it comes to yeah, if you're, if you're definitely, uh, cause you've been in more serious uh, situations probably where you have to have a certain um, amount of pages done or even the whole thing. So you definitely can't do the three pages, but whether it's three pages, five pages, one page, one paragraph, one line, the fact that you're showing up to that page and you stare down that white page, you know, the blank page, um, it's a scariest thing. But the fact that you have that bravery, like people might listen to this, aren't familiar with writing, could laugh and say, I don't know what these guys are talking about, but I encourage you, you don't know what you're talking about, give it a try. Tomorrow, I dare you to write just a page off the top of your mind, like a compelling story, something that you know, you're, you're reading in your head and, and saying to yourselves, will the audience enjoy it? You could get really caught up. And I always joke around with my friends and I say, I hate, I, I don't mind writer's block, like writer's block, whatever happens, you know, I, I feel like I can get out of it. I'm pretty confident in that. It's writing yourself in a corner. That's the scariest thing, <laughs> right? When you're in a corner and you're just saying to yourself, how can this character get out of this situation? Or how can I have this scene happen? Or how does this set be, you know, how do these things work without jumping the shark, right? It's true. And yeah, so uh, I'm glad we agree on that when it comes to writing. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're, you're writing because I know that's a very difficult you know, avenue, right? But it, it, we always talk about this and that writing is the most important thing you need. Sound is after, but writing, the, the story, I still remember when I was at Toronto International Film Festival, um, I was doing those Q&As and someone raised their hand roughly our age and said, Hey, um, I just like to know, like, what does it take to be a filmmaker, like, or, or a director at the very least? Like, what, what can I do? And he says, are you listening? And he goes, you need to learn how to write a story. And everyone's looking at each other like, what we were expecting, like you pick up a camera, you, you know, get buddy, buddy with the editor. I don't know. And the fact that he said that he said, if you look at any great filmmaker, they know how a story is constructed. They know how to construct one themselves and they know how to execute it. Well, that's and such that, a good point, dude. Right. Because- I'm like, I'm huge. Like I'm, I would consider myself in general, not a talented writer. So all my writing comes from like thoroughly structuring out what I'm going to do before I start. Mm -hmm. Right. So like outlining, you know, figuring out, you know, the whole structure of my film, you know, from, you know, figuring out all the acts, breaking them down, you know, like with, you know, three act structure, whatever you're doing, five act structure, like figuring out exactly structurally how your film goes together Absolutely. and getting that on paper before you start on that blank page is so important for me. And I spend a lot of time doing that. My room is sort of like a conspiracy theorist's room. It's got <laughs> big like boards with, you know, with like the red lines or the, with the yarn and, and, all lines that. and I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I love that. I love that. You get down in there, you get in there, you know, and that's what you got to do. It's part of the job, man. It's yeah. Funny. It's part of the job, man. You get, you like, you don't mind getting your fingers dirty. And that's, that's, that, that's what, um, that's what it takes. Right. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because you see, you don't have to be an Aaron Sorkin, right. You don't have to be a Tarantino on the level of writing, but the fact that you took an interest or you're dedicated yourself enough to learn how to construct a story again, how to tackle a story, when it comes to being on another position on set, you're familiar that 
you're just aware of what makes a good movie. And I feel like there's a lot of movies now today, the reason why people forget, they think it's CGI, they think it's, you know, a bad director, but what they don't realize is that it all starts from the story. I'm not blaming the script writer. I'm talking about the story, like the essence, the core. The reason why Star Wars resonates with me and is in my heart and resonates with so many millions of people is because yes, the movies have their problems. Yes, fans don't agree, but the story is there. And whether you agree or disagree, you even said it, right? You're not the greatest Star Wars, biggest Star Wars fan, but there's a story to it. There's something to it that everyone kind of goes back to. Um, I always bring up the Star Wars episode three, right? It has a lot of problems. Uh, a lot of filmmakers will say, how could you like that? <laughs> but for me, there's a story there. Like, I like the idea that there was tragedy. There's that, the, the, the fall to the dark side. And, you know, the whole movie just felt like really depressing in a way, like the tone of it. And again, there's lines where you might, you know, cringe. There's lines where you might smirk. But the essence, the story behind it, the fact that he, uh, the fall from grace is uh, something that touches me in a different way, you know, inspires me in a different way. So um, I guess when we're talking about all these tips and how to stay creative and all our creative projects, what kind of advice would you give like filmmakers out there, man, like us just kind of struggling or maybe, you know, finding some issues, getting, you know, keeping their head up? Yeah, I mean, I find the biggest thing is like, it's about figuring out where you want to be. At the, at the end that's the big thing for me is like really figuring out where I want to be when this is over right you know, like I find like a visualization and really trying to understand like and get a thorough understanding of where you where you would like to be at the end of the pandemic mm-hmm. is like one of the the biggest and most important things for me because if you know that then you can sort of take that and work your way backwards and get okay you know, I want to have directed one short film, you know, by the end of the pandemic. Okay. Right. I have these resources. Then you can work your way back and go, okay, what needs to happen today is this in order to execute my goal. And I can get creative with that leading, you know, to my ultimate goal at the end of the process. Right. 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 So I find like the big thing, like, is trying to figure out, like, clearly define what your goals are and then working your way back so you can take sort of tangible tangible steps towards them and be creative every single day and know what you're being creative for so you have sort of purpose right yeah and would you say you you visualize is there a lot of visualization in your in your in your goals like you actually have picture yourself there because that's a big thing for me i actually imagine myself like you said like directing a short film before the end of the year like i picture me on set working with the people that you know are interested connecting would you say yeah absolutely yeah I mean, absolutely visualization is so essential and it's like mm-hmm. once you establish that visual in your mind right I, know, I think this is similar for you and correct me if i'm wrong but mm-hmm. once you sort of establish that and you become really clear on what you're trying to do the universe will get out of your way you know if you start taking steps towards that you know things will start to happen and you'll start to move you know it might right. not be the pace or how you expect it to happen but you'll start moving in that direction if you know what that direction is and you start taking tangible steps towards it you know, you're, you're slowly making your way there. And I feel like that's so important, you know? Yeah. The hardest, the hardest step for me, I always tell people is showing up and I'm sure you can agree is people say, well, that's easy, but it's not in a way. And when I say showing up, I don't even mean physically. I mean, mentally, like when you, when you have to write a script, for instance, you make it in your schedule that at eight o'clock I will wake up and, you know, set myself in the chair and open the laptop and start. A lot of people will put it off and say, no, 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 I'm going to do it later. Or I'm not feeling it today, but you know, in your heart, you are, you're just scared. Right. And it's normal to be scared. And 
you know, I've have a lot of, I've gone through a lot of fear. I have yet to experience more fear, right. Depending on new obstacles, new challenges that I encounter. And you could say the same for yourself, right. There's always going to be changing tides. Right. So mm -hmm. I think it's important. Yeah. To, for sure. Like to definitely visualize and to set goals and to kind of imagine where you want to be for sure at the end of the pandemic. I really like that point. And that's something that, again, that resonates with me a lot. I've, uh, this is an important, this is an important time, but it's also a critical time for a lot of people to take advantage of the fact that we have that downtime. We have that quiet time to do self-reflection. Um, and again, as a creative, it's the best time. Like this is the time when you just catch up on all, all those creative projects you want to do, or just, like you said, bang out a script if you have to. Um, do you find, do you find days where you're maybe discouraged or, you know, it yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's the worst. Like how, how regimented would you say you are in your like day? Is it like, is, are like, do you get up at a certain time and get going and you have this, this, and this, or is it sort of like I get up, you know, and, and I'll sort of get going and you sort of feel out the days as they come. Like how, how regimented are you in your approach? So I'm glad you asked that. I have a, um, I have a, a pretty, pretty regimented time schedule. And that's because I create one for myself because I like to stay organized, but it's very, um, it always has the basics and then filled in with things that I really want to do, if that makes sense. So even if it's like a crappy day or a day, like I don't want to, I don't want to do anything the next day, kind of like, I, I don't really have anything in mind or nothing's really happening, especially with the pandemic. It's always like the essentials, <laughs> exercise, read, um, meditate, you know, draw, like be creative, like do something creative. And that's pretty much it. Now that's like a very basic day. Like there's just nothing going on, but I always do those things. Um, as I explained in my vlogs, it's very important to have a morning routine or a routine in general, very, very important to have some sort of structure. Um, right. I don't care, you know, creatives, they try to use that excuse like, Oh, I don't need structure in my life, but you do, you do, you're a human being. And, you know, especially when you grow up, you're, 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 you're an adult, you're a man or, or woman, and you need to have that structure. You need to have some sort of accountability or else nothing will get done. And I, I found that it's discipline, right. At the end of the day, but yeah, I'm not a robot. There are days when, you know, I do those things. Maybe right. I can half-ass the exercise. Maybe I even skip it all together. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> but um, for the most part, I, I like the idea that I have some sort of, you know, schedule that I look to, right. It keeps me sane especially in a time when, like you said, you can easily just wake up and do whatever you want. Or I was talking about binging Netflix for two months. It's very tempting. There are days, you know, uh, I want to talk to you, you know, about the Queen's Gambit soon. That's something that I did. I just said, you know, I'm hooked on the show. Like that's when you know it's a good show. You just got to binge watch it, you know? Um, I want to know your thoughts. But, uh, but, but back to the scheduling, like how is your, do you have the same vibe? Like you just, is it structured or are you just kind of like on the, off the cuff? Yeah, when I'm in my most productive state, it's incredibly regimented and structured. Okay, perfect. Right. You'll notice as you you brought up, do you have off days? Do you have like those days? Yep, and those are the days that there's no structure. Yep. But you know, when the structure's there, that's that's when I feel at my best and the most productive, and when I really do achieve sort of what mm -hmm. I'm looking for. You know, that's great, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad you agree also that you know, as an artist creative, whatever have you, you need that structure, you need that organization. Do you, would you call yourself like a pretty organized individual? Like you don't, you can't, you need everything in line, right? Like, or, or to a certain degree. 
Um, from a work standpoint, I'm from I would, a work standpoint, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially thinking. when you're managing a whole bunch of different projects. For me, that's that's a new thing that I need to. Not that I, you know, find it a huge challenge, but it's something new, like to balance, you know, your work, to, your timetable, and different appointments that come through. People uh, reaching out, you just kind of coordinating and, you know, writing it into your schedule. I got this. You can't see it, but I got this big ass, you know huge schedule timetable thing that's like february and these squares are like you know <laughs> just writing down all my points um because i'm a very visual person man like i like to see like what's the month you know what do i have ahead of um love it dude love are you it. are you a visual guy are you a visual guy yeah i'd say i'm auditory the most but i do love oh, a okay. visual. like i i have printed out some calendars and i have some <laughs> Yeah. Nothing like a good whiteboard map out of what you're trying Yo, to do. Okay, you just reminded me. I got to pick one. No, no, I'm serious. You just, I just, I've been meaning to treat myself for Christmas. I was going to get myself a whiteboard. So I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. Yeah, I'm going to get it right behind me. And I'm going to write my thoughts. You know those YouTube videos where they're like, you want to make uh, money in six months? And then they say, like, are you tired of being a loser? 94 points from 94 production. Exactly. There you go. Can you imagine I create 94 pieces of content. It's like, that's it. That's it, man. Productions. Like Wait, you thought it you thought you it know? was a play on words yeah <laughs> 94 productions that's it i love it dude um but yeah so i guess what i wanted to say last is speaking of create creativity and just being inspired like what what sort of content because i know we have similar tastes is there anything that you recently watched or anything people should keep their eyes out um to get maybe inspired or just you know shut off their brain well, I mean, I think the the obvious answer is I was wildly behind on uh, the Mandalorian. Oh uh, yes, you throwing were. Throwing it yeah, back to the right. Star Wars. Yes. And I finally caught up. Thank goodness. And yes. oh man, was that a season finale for season two? It was. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I want been watching recently. And that's really great. Man. How far are you? Like, I don't want to spoil anything. But I finished. I finished. Oh, you finished it. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. so you know, you know, we're not gonna spoil it for anyone, but. Um, is it uh, a nice departure from what we've been getting with Star Wars? Or are you just kind of used to it? Like you, you, everything's kind of well done. I dug it, man. I yeah. dug it. It was a yeah. lot of fun. A lot of fun. It was a different vibe for sure. For me, it was. It took a while for me to get into it, I'll be honest, especially the first season. Um, but then even like season two, like it was like, you know, right at one after the other. Like it just picked up. And um, I'm looking forward to, to what, what else they can do with the series. Is there any certain character, by the way, like Star Wars, you want to see? Like, are you excited for that Kenobi series or? Yeah, I think the Kenobi series will be cool, you know? Yeah. I know they sort of tease the Boba Fett thing at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not really a spoiler. You can find it all over the internet. They've been trying to do it before the Mandalorian, you know? They're just trying to get that, yeah, Black Series action figure out as soon as they can. <laughs> so what about you, dude? Is it Queen's Gambit for you or what do you what do? You yes. So, yes. So, so, I don't know. So sometimes like when I watch like certain pieces of, you know, film or television, I actually think of like friends or colleagues, like who would appreciate it or really enjoy it. And I don't know why, when I was watching Queens Gavin, I'm like, this is like something Eric would watch and enjoy. Am I, am I dead on the money on that? You're dead on. But you know, what's so okay. funny about that Queens yeah. Gambit? Yeah. So you remember in the last podcast episode we had, I was telling you about that film that we, I shot in Cambridge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. We used all the locations from the Queen's Gambit, like the street. Are you kidding? Where the house is on, where the oh, where the that girl is. was so amazing to watch and like say, "Wow, I was right there." But we, yeah, it was incredible. But it was like yeah, we yeah, shot yeah. that, and then like two weeks later, Queen's Gambit came out, and we all watched it, and we we're like, "Well, 
what the hell they do we we were just shooting that's insane you know? wow that's great to hear it's wow that's really cool. interesting yeah um toronto production did you so, know is it, so, so i was just gonna say toronto that means it's a toronto production it's all around here wow. dude yeah that's insane man and they shot it all in once like they didn't move it was just all shot in toronto all like all around the gta you know the like, gta and stuff yeah man did they shoot uh in vaughn or anything or markham no i don't know man i'm sure no, they no, did no. i know but that they, but they shot her oh okay okay and they shot a lot of stuff in cambridge because it sort of looks sort of older but they were shooting downtown and you know i think they were up at cinespace on 77 kipling in etobicoke i think that's the studio where they were shooting a lot of that stuff but yeah but man. they do um did they do a lot of like touch-ups or renovations like with the houses like does it look like as you see it in when you last uh were on that location like yeah. pretty like yeah looks similar i know that some of the interiors of the houses are sets but yeah okay it's very similar to what it looks like like if you went out there with the first episode second episode you would you'd be like oh my goodness this is this and this is this wow that's amazing man yeah that must be surreal to watch. like i was just there <laughs> like i could have been you know i could have brushed your shoulder right there that's crazy uh, did the uh, did the show make you want to play chess or what? Well, I can remember. It's so funny. I was I was working last summer, right, right. And I was like, you know, I was working on Saw, and I was right. at the same studio, and I was like, oh, yeah. what's this thing? And they were like, Queen's Gambit, and I was like, what's that? And they were like, it's a chess show, and I was like, screw that, that sounds complicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it came out, and I watched, and I was like, I got to learn how to play chess. That's yeah, where it's yeah. at, man. I was like, yeah, I was absolutely. I was like deeply inspired what about you like you went to chess yeah no why i always actually always love chess and did you i didn't i liked i watched the uh i always enjoy those behind the scenes like the director talking like how he made it or why he right. made it all that stuff and um he was saying the hardest part for him was making chess appear cinematic like i bet you know what i mean like like a badass sport um can you imagine how complicated it is to shoot a chess scene yeah no but that's the thing like you watch it and but this is the mastery right and and something we always say again is you play off the emotions it's not the logic of the game it's the emotions right so they were explaining that a lot of the shots were focused on the face like close slopes up so it's like claustrophobic like the intensity you see them moving itching and it's very brief even when they show the chessboard it's not like they show like they do like some cool stylized edits here and there but um, I appreciated that, that they made it very cinematic. And, and I think that would be definitely a huge challenge. It, but again, this is not about, like with Rocky, it's not about boxing. It's about the characters, about the story, right? And that's what transcends it. That's what puts it on a different category. So for me, that's why I enjoyed it. That's what pulled to me. I know there's some friends that weren't, um, to, didn't really uh, gravitate to it as much right. really it, like didn't enjoy it as much i guess maybe the whole concept of chess or just the way things were working out but um yeah i, I guess the performance is what really st stood out for me i think believe her name is what anya taylor i remember her from split um she always She's had like this yeah she always had this like kind of eerie like look to her like something was it, it, you know attractive but you know what i'm talking about like it's just like a otherworldly Again, she, she fits the, like, when she gives those stares, it's like, yeah, like, you could tell this person's, like, really smart or cunning or about to, like, rip your throat out through a chess game or something. Yeah, she's um, so incredibly captivating. You can't really great cast, Yeah, great off. casting choice, though, I'm trying to say. Yeah, great you casting know? choice. Yeah. Yes, she's great. The, uh, who else was good? Um, 
the Watts guy wasn't bad. I didn't mind him. I liked his character, like his cocky, like, you know, he just, he kind of gave it to her at the end. Like, you know, just said like, yeah, stuck it to her. But I don't know. I, were, were, did you find it funny or like kind of distracting a bit when he's wearing the hat and the leather jacket? Like, I just thought it was too costume me, if that makes sense. Like, it just, it's just definitely the style game a bit. Yeah, you know? right. Like, I don't know. It just didn't fit him. And I didn't know if that was because he, that was his character. Yeah. You know, like, I get that was his character, but you get my point. It's like, they just, I don't know. Maybe they could lose the hat. I don't know. Something was, something about it was off to me. I'm being picky. <laughs> It's all about story and character but it's all about but the thing is is again that's that's attributed to great writing great directing right the uh i don't even care like that's just nitpicking to me right like that character was memorable um the main actress uh the character all those guys that help her at the end even the twins you know what i mean that uh thought she was ahead of herself wanting to compete with the guys mm-hmm. um they were memorable as well yeah. So yeah, it um, it was a really interesting show. Recommended for uh, for people to watch, and that is crazy. Uh, what a small world, as they would say, that you filmed on the location of, of that. Um, is is this film in post production that you you did you've done or? Oh, so it's yeah. still not being released, right? Still, not, it still hasn't really, been released. Not yet. There'll probably be some promotion out for it soon. I'll nice. Be sure to let you know. But um, yeah, it's it's in post production. We shot it in November, so it's looking good. So as, so as time, yeah, as we do more of these, we'll, we'll definitely like keep our audience updated if, if they're interested in this project and um, get you some exposure to, I want you, you know, them to see your work and what you're, you know, is this the, the musical vibe one? The one yeah, that I saw? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. What do we talked about? Yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I'm, I'm now I got to see it because it's like not, you know, I'm curious about your work, but I got to see if I find those locations and say, Hey, you stole my buddy's. Uh, <laughs> stole my buddy's. They, they got there first, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, they got. Oh, they were. They filmed before you. They filmed before us. Yeah, they oh, released okay, it right okay. after we filmed there. Right? right. So they filmed like a, a year ago there. But it's did crazy. you physically cross paths or no? Like that makes that would make sense. Like did you see them like on location? No. That'd be interesting because you've you've had some work though. Like I have to say, uh, I went. On, I was when when I when I was uh, adding you on Instagram there. I saw some of your posts. And you with you were with JJ Abrams, and you met uh, yeah, the, that's or true. The late the late Anton Yelchin, the late Anton Yelchin, yeah. sweet guy, man, really sweet guy. Yeah, right? no, I can imagine. He he just uh, it's uh, I don't even know, like I, I don't even know how to describe that situation because he's close to my age, right? Absolutely. Twenty six. He's he died at what twenty eight? Yeah, to, like Heath Ledger, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible, but it just proves to you that. Your time you never know when our time is and you just gotta take one day at a time and enjoy the present right absolutely enjoy what you do absolutely. anything anything uh memorable about these interactions with these people like about you know, anton, anton, anton or, or jj or anything like any they both, say anything like keep the dream alive kid <laughs> they're both really really nice yeah really nice to me man um anton yelchin was such a sweet guy uh very sort of quiet quiet individual reserved yeah you know but like really sweet you could just tell he's a sweet guy yeah 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 very very modest very humble right like he wasn't full of himself kind of thing and when i was in la i went to visit the cemetery where he oh wow buried at hollywood forever oh wow so i went and stopped by there which i thought was it was kind of sad but it was you know nice to sort of pay your respects in a sense too you know well he he definitely like you know touched your heart like you had that interaction and it was a personal moment for you and 
you know, that that's, I'm, I'm sure he also was like happy to, you know, spend the time with you too. Right. Like you get a lot of celebrities that they're just like rush, 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 or they ignore you completely. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is uh, back in 2013, I went to the rush premiere uh, for TIFF. Okay. And I didn't get in because, um, you know, his tickets sell out in a minute, <laughs> but I did go for the red carpet because I was just curious what the hype was all about. And Chris Hemsworth was the only uh, cast member and the only one um, celebrity worthy, I should say, like that came and like to us and started signing everyone's, uh, you know, books, notepads, posters, greeted people, said hi. And I just thought that was, you know, so impressive, you know, because I'm not, I was up until that point, I wasn't used to seeing a celebrity go out of their way like that. It was always like from a distance, you like zoom in with the lens, like to, to get a shot. And this guy literally came right towards us and was just happy to see us. And um, again, that's just smart marketing, you know, like this guy, you know, he's, he's in a big franchise, you know, he wants people to know who he is, but I think you could just tell by his body language, like back to like Anton Yeltsin, like sweet guy, you know, like just humble down to earth. Um, but everyone else went inside. Everyone else, you know, didn't even like, they kind of waved to, the, to us and then went inside. I don't know if they were late, they were, the show was starting, but this guy, man, right. literally went up and down, up and down, up and down. And so he's the good vibes, eh, from Chris Hemsworth? No, really good vibes, man. I, I, it's, it's a story that really sticks out to me. I tell it to people all the time because I thought that was really cool what he did. You know, he doesn't play a cool person. Like, he actually is a cool person in real life. So that's, that's really rare. A lot of the times these actors, right, they, they play a persona. So he actually was like, you know, I, I, I look at those things and I... You know, I don't know where my journey is going to take me, but I always tell myself if I were to be in that position, I would do the same because right. we make them that big, right? We make them make the millions of dollars, you know? Absolutely. Um, it's the audience that matters. So yeah, before we go though, I do have to mention you're wearing a badass Alcatraz hoodie. And I went to San Francisco and I actually visited Alcatraz. So I want to know, like, did you get it from, from your visit or? Yeah. I did. I nice, did get nice. visit okay. Yeah. Dope. Tell what was your experience it. there? Was it crazy? Like it's so, so okay. creepy, isn't it? Okay, so I, I might have I might have lied a bit. I didn't go inside because okay. <laughs> I took this boat cruise ride that just kind of went around it. Right. But I, it was enough for me where it's like I got I got the vibe. I wanted to go in. It just didn't fit my schedule. Absolutely. Um, but things were just broken and like I don't know. It just got a creepy vibe. And I'm saying, yeah, like no, this is when you get sent to Alcatraz. That's the end of the line, right? Um, the jail cells I heard are like half the size of my room maybe even smaller you know what i mean like they're very tight would you say that it's pretty horrific yeah they're really yeah. tight really dark just there's no hope in that place it's just it's horror it's the and it's so cold and, and they would always say like one hour they would only get one hour a day out in the, the did they mention that to you guys isn't that crazy? Yeah. like i processed that i'm like that's that's messed up like we take for granted like being outside and even before the pandemic just the fact that we could just get outside and have fresh air. You even said it, like go out with your buddies, grab a drink. And the fact that they only got to go outside for an hour, can't fathom that at all. It's a lot, man. A so lot. Uh, is there anything, is there anything it, uh, that they said that was like memorable, like any historical, because I always love those facts. I'm a huge geek with that. Did they ever um, find the guys that escaped? <laughs> well, that was, that was part of the thing. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. an interesting, whether or not those guys really got away or what sort of happened to them or all that, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They had sort of preserved some of that stuff from that escape attempt. So it was pretty cool. I think they might've had like the hole in the wall still sort of and things like that, you know? Oh, like, wow. 
because I think they chipped, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be mistaken, they chipped mm-hmm. away at a stone like with a spoon for months or something. They did, yeah, oh. yeah, like watered it or something, yeah, moistened it. It was incredible, but also, yeah, Cam- crazy stuff. And I, I'm like, I love Al Capone, and you know, Al Capone was there for a bit, and like, did he die? He didn't die there, right? He got transferred. I think I don't think he died there. No, but he no. sort of went a bit crazy in there. Oh, he did, so, eh? Yeah. There was all kinds of sort of really famous, like I think it was like Machine Gun Kelly and some of these other like really famous, yeah. sort of horrific people were at that, you know, prison. And it's 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 creepy, man. Yeah, these hardened criminals that uh yeah, that um uh, spent their time there for sure. And it would make any man crazy, really, that uh that place. But it made an impression on you. That's why you got that hoodie. I love it. I got the hoodie, but I'm gonna buy it. Buddy, I'm getting an. I'm gonna purchase a '94 Productions hoodie. Oh, that's, thank you, man. You're too kind. You're too kind. Thank you. It's a huge. It's a um, yeah. So for the audience, um, thanks, Eric, for mentioning it. I through my company, '94 uh, Productions. I started this brand called '94 Collections Clothing Line, and it's just to celebrate streetwear. I'm a huge fan of hoodies and crewnecks and t-shirts alike and motivational quotes. So. With this pandemic, with hopefully things will settle down more and more, I plan to get more marketing, uh, you know what I mean? Photo shoots. Uh, I think I think we talked, not to put you on the spot, but we talked about you doing a photo shoot once, right? I would love you to never, do a photo shoot. Too. Yeah, that's right. When things obviously get better, but yeah. I don't want to, I don't want Eric to be like, ah, <laughs> I prefer the being the director. <laughs> but no, I, I know you're a good sport for that. And uh, we, we definitely, uh, yeah, we got to make, we got to make a, put in our schedule one day uh, to get a photo shoot going. And yeah, uh, check it out, guys. Um, I'll talk about it more on my podcast and you can see it on my channel. Uh, on YouTube, I, I wear them in my videos. And there's a whole bunch of, there's an array of colors. Uh, that's a little bit of my, my sister's genius. She's like, yeah. you know, if you're going to do it, don't put black and gray. Like put some fun colors that people can right. wear, right? I'm going to rock the pink hoodie one. When, Are you? you know? Like I'm already telling you right now, I got the long hair for it. I can wear a hat. You know what I mean? Got the toque or, or I should say beanie. Uh, for all those French Canadians that are not, <laughs> no, because I say toque, right? I tell people I'm like I'm wearing a toque, and some people are actually confused. And I realize so how did you wow. come up with the quotes for the hoodies? Like, which ones did you put, and why did you put them on them? Like, okay, so for the quotes with the hoodies, I put um, "Keep the dream alive, leave behind a legacy," and only only the beginning. I also have another one that I really didn't put into market yet, but it's gonna come in once hopefully things pick up. Is called no Fo- no formula. So I'll go through each one. Keep the dream alive is, you know, talk to any one of my friends, family. I always say that. And it's just something that I just love the ring to it. And it's just something I really live by is you're going to have your days when it's not going to come true or, or you feel like it's not going to come true. I should say you're going to have your days where, you know, I, I've, I've experienced that. I just wouldn't be able to pursue. I, I couldn't pursue my dream. And I don't know, it's just so many life just happens. Right. And there's so many obstacles. But in my heart, I always believe the dream is alive. The dream will happen for me. I just got to keep pressing. And when I say keep the dream alive, I mean, no matter what situation you're in, the pandemic, you know, you're in a writer's block. When you say those words to yourself, when you remind yourself the dream is still alive or you're going to keep the dream alive, it motivates the hell out of you. And it's, a, and it's kind of like a fun remark to say to friends, like people in the industry, like yourself, like all in the chat, like keep the dream alive. You know, people know exactly what they mean. It doesn't mean filmmaking for them it could mean something else like becoming a chef right just keep the dream alive you know what i mean like keep keep it happening just like when people say keep smiling you know something it's like a positive remark so that's why i 
I plan to have uh, expressed through these pieces of clothing. And when people wear it, it's, it's a representation of that. Right. Uh, leave behind a legacy, same concept is, for me, um, filmmaking is a huge um, dream of mine since I was a little boy. Films all, is all that I'm obsessed with. But this whole notion of a legacy is, no matter what you do, make it uh, be remembered by it. You know, be remembered for it. When you when you pass on, what will you leave behind, right? And it doesn't have to be something grand, like my ambitions, like you know, filmmaking and history and Tarantino level style. But what will your family remember you for? What will your friends, right? So leave behind a legacy is again another positive statement. No matter what's happening, do it to the best of your ability. Never half-ass it. And right. only the beginning is pretty much you know, another motivational quote where it's only the beginning, exactly what it says is when I've had moments where I've never gotten into a festival, I've had moments where I really didn't think I would be able to connect with anyone in the film industry before I met you, before I met a lot of great talented friends and colleagues, I knew no one. And I just had this passion and to see myself speaking of progression, like we were discussing last, see myself go through this journey and, and encounter such great people, like-minded people, I remind myself it's only the beginning. You know what I mean? It's only the beginning that we're only getting, we're only getting started. And right. even with this interaction right now, like it's only the beginning, all the projects that we have in mind or you have in mind for me and vice versa, the 94 collection. Like I always tell myself that because it's a fun, again, it's a fun, quippy kind of remark. You tell people, you tell your friends, but you mean it. There's meaning behind it where it's like, we're only getting started and it's to get people pumped and, when I say all three lines to people, it works. And people like smile. They always say, that's right. And my friends I've caught, whether they're real estate, whether they're in construction, they right. use the remark to me. And I, I'm like, you see how it resonates? So um, I'm glad that, I, I know you've, told, you've mentioned Keep the Dream Alive a few times when we've had our phone calls. So I, I'm really happy that it, it, it uh, has a place with you. And that's the intention, man, to spread the word through this merchandise, right? And um, one thing, once things get back, uh, up and running or i'm able to like you know get back out there and get my models <laughs> at work um it should be a lot of fun man. it should be a lot of fun always always an itch uh always a way to be creative you know it's amazing what I try to do. yeah so thank you thank you for bringing it up thank you for mentioning it uh check it out guys it was a pleasure talking to you like always man and i'm looking forward to the next one uh if you have my anything pleasure. to say i'll let the audience know if yeah, no, it's been, it's been great, man. I appreciate it. Just, you know, keep plugging away, you know, yeah. stay creative, you know, keep trying to stay motivated and, you know, really try and figure out, you know, what your end goal for when the pandemic is over is so you can sort of, you know, work towards that as best possible, you know? Exactly. And if you don't have an angle, at least uh, do something every day that keeps you sane. You know, I, I don't, I, I hate, and it breaks my heart to see people go into a depression or feel help, uh, helpless and I know everyone has a different circumstance. And again, I'll say it again, I'm very privileged in the circumstance that I'm in uh, with the roof over my head, food on the table. I don't know other people's situation, but if you can just find something, it doesn't have to be, you know, starting a business. It doesn't have to be a, a, a dream like filmmaking, but if it's just something that makes you happy, you know, picking up a book and just reading instead of watching TV, you know, uh, it could do wonders for you. So that's how, something I highly recommend. So on that note, I want to thank you again, Eric, for joining. And um, I'm looking forward to our next podcast. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening in. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? See you soon. Take care.